Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. Let's get scared. Yeah, we William got a lot terrify to get me. through. Yeah. Uh, every week on the show, Kristen and I research topics from the wide world of horror, sit down to share them with each other and you. The show comes out every Friday on all major podcast apps and youtube.com slash talkbomb. Mm-hmm. Now, Sometimes the topics that we look up aren't entirely deserving of their own expanded segments. And when that happens, it's time for bite-sized monster madness. That's right. Now, this week on the show, I'm here to talk to you all about uh, something of a, a strange fiend. You might even call it <laughs> I a, love the uh, word fiend. a monster hunter, uh, somebody who shines a light in the darkness. Because this week, everybody, let's talk about Chrissy. Me? Yeah. <laughs> As this show comes out, it is Friday, November 30th, <gasps> and it is Kristen oh. Rogers Anderson's birthday. <laughs> William, Our fearless you. leader. Looking quite oh, fearful in the image that I put on the YouTube My version. God. I look like a little boy. I look like, <laughs> I look like Conan playing a character. <laughs> I picked the best picture of you I could find. Every other picture of you is worse. This is the best one. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I just wanted to say happy birthday, Chrissy. <laughs> Thank you. Because I love you. I love you too. And because Thank I you. couldn't believe that this show is coming out on, on <laughs> one of the most amazing. high holy days that we And That's right. Have. On, on my satanic calendar, it's yes. the biggest holiday. Absolutely. I've told Ryan that fact, let's say twice in the last four days. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's oh, done, he's loving it. He's done with it. Oh, he's loving it. I didn't even realize though. <laughs> it's not me trying to be funny where I keep doing yeah. the thing over and over again. It was only on the second or maybe third time that I said that. I was like, "Have I said that to you recently?" And he was like, "Yep." He uh, was just like rolling with it. <laughs> yep, you sure have. Yeah, yeah. confirmed. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, wherever you are out there, if you're listening in the car, pull that sucker over. If you're at work, everybody fire off a message, a DM, a tweet, whatever, at Chillin' Kristen, and let this sucker know to have a happy birthday. Thank you. Slide into my DMs. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. And go on YouTube and look at this picture of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's bonkers. Well, what can you do? Uh, And then uh, we've got some other business to take care of, because last year, we started a little bit of a ritual that's actually kind of grim. Yeah. Uh, This is our first show post Black Friday. That's right. Uh, One year ago, at our humble beginnings, Mm -hmm. this is in like episode six or seven of the show, we talked about Black Friday, explained some of the origin, and found out about this website, blackfridaydeathcount.com. Now, uh, when we were looking at it last year, uh, we checked to see where the tally was for 2017. It was at 10 deaths, Mm -hmm. 111 injuries. So just checking in 365 days later... There have been two deaths and six more injuries. Yikes. So honestly, they're miserable, and I'm going to put this w- away right now. Yeah. Uh, it's only because I like tradition and I'm curious, and I think we all treat the idea of Black Friday uh-huh. as that day when people are trampled right. on their way to the hottest new Elmo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this, honestly, as much a bummer as the stories are, I'm not going to tell you about the misery stories that are in here. I'd also like, I mean, this is a bummer, but I'm just going to say it. Like just mentioned, we think of them as being tramplings at stores and everything. Yeah. These are like almost all shootings. Oh, it's horrible. There's, um, and if you are so inclined and you're into this kind of stuff, there is an organization that I really, um, like. I know somebody who works with them. Um, and so I kind of know some of the stuff they do. It's momsdemandaction.org if you're interested in gun safety laws. Huh. Um, as we're recording, it is Giving Tuesday. Okay. Um, I didn't post it. I just didn't get around to it, but like if you, 
want to give on this Tuesday, if you happen to be with us live or if you're listening later, Moms Demand Action is a really, really good, solid um, gun safety organization with a good action plan that you can look at and understand where your money is going. Cool. Right on. And it seems like shootings are the new Black Friday trampling. They're, I know. they're the new everything, really. Well, it's, but... it, trampling was never even really a thing. Like, this is yeah, going yeah. back to the recorded beginning of Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Not as many as you would think based on the, the word of mouth that goes around. Yeah. So almost to like it's demystify. just because it's weird. You know what I mean? Like, so it stands out more yeah yeah but almost to demystify the idea that black friday is that day when everybody gets stomped on mm-hmm. yeah. not quite the case yeah 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 uh and then our final bit of business before we get into our topics as usual uh occasionally we ask you out there to send us your two sentence horror stories mm-hmm. and guess what <clears throat> keeping up the tradition eric in the chat posted one literally as we were going live because we yeah. record the show live every week Pay attention to at GTTU pod to find out when, how, mm-hmm. why, whatever. And so I'm going to read to you this story written by Eric. Cool. As we walked to school, my brother and I couldn't stop talking about the Blackwood finale. <laughs> it was nice that we were on speaking terms again since his funeral. Ooh, Eric, you're really good at like throwing these out there on the fly. Eric nails it. Because he did this. If you remember the last yeah. time we did Two Cents Horror Story, it was the exact same deal where he just like fired it off real quick in our live chat. Thank you, Eric. Oh. That's excellent. I remember. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh. Plus, it worked in a hearty plug for my show, Blackwood, which just <laughs> completed its run. That's right. You can now binge the whole show. Yeah. On all major podcast apps. Absolutely. And go look at the insane special features, which are one of my favorite things, on skylarkmedia.com. Absolutely. There are visuals you can look at that kind of fill in the story and almost have their own story. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. It expands Very the cool. World. Yeah. Uh, but enough of that business. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the good stuff. Let's do it. The real meat and potatoes of the show. Which mm-hmm. are you, the meat or the potatoes? The meat. I actually don't like potatoes that much. I'll be the potatoes. Yeah. Okay. I, I ask for no potatoes when I order breakfast because I never eat them. I breakfast potatoes are tricky. A nice hash brown. Mm. If it's like a really good hash brown, but m- when it's just that um it better be home really fries thing brown. where it's basically just like cut up potatoes that and are like onions. fried for a hot sec. Yeah. I'm good. Keep them. Yeah, you know it's I just say? a waste. I say keep them. Yeah. Yeah. I say keep them. Uh but let's do it. Kristen. Yeah. William. You're up. All right. First. So Last week, I talked to you guys about um, the act of selling your soul to the devil, and a lot of celebrity stuff came up, and I said that I would look into the idea of celebrities like Jay-Z, Beyonce, and the Illuminati, because it all kind of ties in. Yeah. So that is what I'm doing. Wonderful. And I'm going to cover a very specific angle of it, because this topic is vast, vast, vast to the point that maybe I'll cover it kind of in a different way another time. So I thought rather than just like squish it all in one. So this is very specific, but very rich. I want to talk to you about the Illuminati play that was the 2009 MTV VMAs. The Illuminati play. Mm -hmm. The 2009 MTV VMAs were an Illuminati play. Correct. Okay. So it is said that the Illuminati puts on plays and reenactments of things as a celebration kind of thing or as a ritual. So to catch you guys up, in case you don't know what the the Illuminati is, it is a society that was formed kind of in reaction to the Freemasons a long time ago. I think it was the 1700s. Um, it is a real, you know, it, it was a real thing, but what we think of as the Illuminati today is basically a conspiracy theory about the idea that the Illuminati is 
all the powerful people in the world or entertainment or both, whatever your deal is, who all conspire together and plan everything basically. And they're right. pulling the strings and they're all in on it. And so there's an idea that there are a bunch of powerful people in entertainment who are in the Illuminati. And there are people who tend to watch these sorts of things. There are lots of like, Illuminati websites and stuff who saw what happened at the MTV VMAs and they spotted things that they're like, oh, this is all just part of an elaborate ritual that they played out in front of all of us, unbeknownst to us, except for us, the awake ones. But we recognize the symbolism and we know that they were carrying on this thing. They thought hidden in plain sight, but we see you. That's interesting. Now, just conceptually, I don't want to burst the bubble. So if there's, if, if part of the answer to this question, is flat out the story that you're going to tell mm-hmm. me. Just tell me that and, sure. and skip the answer right now. But what's the point of of having it play out in front of everybody's eyes in a secret way? Like I I don't know um, that they can basically that they're all together in a space. Maybe well, there's just something wield our power before you. Maybe there's something fun about it being public, but nobody <laughs> else knows. It shows how powerful they are that they can do all this stuff in front of all of you and, and you don't even know. know. It's strange exhibitionism. Yes, totally. You know? Yeah, I don't know the exact rationale. I think that under scrutiny, the idea of the VMAs being an elaborate ceremony of the Illuminati falls apart. But there are surprisingly some things. There are th- Look, there are parts of it that I... When I was reading about it, I was like, okay, so this is going to be something that doesn't make any sense. I was like, huh, that is a big coinky dink. <laughs> that's pretty I, compelling. <laughs> I still think coincidence, but I was like, whoa, that's awfully weird, actually. It has huh. to do with Pink's performance in it, who I never think of associated with the Illuminati. I always think of Jay-Z, Beyonce, yeah. those are the big ones. But I was like, Pink's acrobat performance, what does that have to do with it? A lot. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So she was almost doing a ballet of power i'll tell you could say that i'll tell you i'm because i'm gonna go sequentially like through the vmas through this play sync up your vhs recording of the vmas from 2009 that's right 2009 so this everything that Kristen says is gonna line up perfectly oh yeah absolutely (laughs) this is the commentary track to the vmas it's like dark side of the moon and wizard of oz what we're doing right now this is the year that kanye west stormed the stage with taylor swift and said oh i why am i losing i say it all the time Oh, he said, I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Because I still use it. and It's annoying. Um, I'm going to have to interrupt you, but Beyonce had the greatest well, video of all time. Of all time. You're close. Ah, really? Yeah, Are you, you going to look this up right now? I'm going to have. I'm gonna give you a minute. Oh, William, I actually need you to look it up. It's Kanye drive me crazy. VMAs 2009 comes up right away. <laughs> it's one of my favorite old things to bring up that's just really. <laughs> oh, I'm going to let you finish. I'm, I'm going to let, let you finish. finish. That's what it is. Taylor, I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had the greatest album or video or something of all time, of all time. Now, this is almost- I'm a big a, fan of I'm going to let you finish, blah, 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 of all time. This is almost two, uh, 10 years ago. This is damn near a decade ago. Correct. That's weird, huh? I'm bringing it back to the light. Can you believe that like Taylor Swift- <gasps> I know. A decade ago. I know. Weird, right? So if you want to hear a more well-rounded view of the Illuminati um, or a history of them um, that's different from what I'm going to be doing, because mine's going to be very VMA-specific, I'll briefly widen to MTV as a whole, but not for very long. Listen to the podcast American Hysteria, 
William does a voice on it. The episode that came out this week, if you're listening live, is about the Illuminati. And it was just a weird coincidence. I texted Chelsea and I was like, hey, I think I'm actually going to do a thing about like the VMA's Illuminati thing. And I'm just going to tell them to listen to America Hysteria too. She was like, do it. Yeah. Um, Listen to it. It's a really good episode. It's a really good show. Oh, it's so good. It's so so good. Skylarkmedia.com as well. American Hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. No, but seriously, like it's not just, we've talked about it a bunch of times, but honestly, if you find the Illuminati thing interesting, listen to that because there'll be more of it that you can check out. Okay. So the first thing that you need to understand is that a lot of this whole thing stems from the idea that Jay-Z in particular is a big wig in the Illuminati. And then at the time of 2009, by extension, Beyonce. Beyonce came to her own as an Illuminati figure to people who watched such things later on in her career, particularly Lemonade has a lot of kind of like occult symbology that people (laughs) really dug into. It does though. It means awesome. That's what I might talk about another time. But anyway, at the time of the VMAs of 2009, she hadn't done too many weird things like that. So it was mainly Jay-Z that people had their eye on. Um, and again, I, I want to do more research into this in particular because they do for real use a lot of occult and Freemason and Illuminati symbology. And I don't know if it's just because it's cool and weird, like in a hot topic-y sort of way, or if there is something deeper to it, or they're poking the bear a little bit. But like, there are some things where I can see why people who follow this stuff are like, what the hell? Because they do use a lot of weird occult symbols. Now, I have to ask, uh, not to, again, burst the bubble of a future topic or anything, Uh but when you're talking about them using occult symbols Mm -hmm. and stuff... It almost makes me think that it would be something overt, like a 666 hidden somewhere. But I, can you give us one example? Yes. What's one occult symbol that would fly beneath my radar? I, it's not even stuff that would necessarily fly that. Well, something that might fly beneath your radar are like obelisks and pyramids. The fact that those have like major occult symbology. So those are used in a lot of like um, Jay-Z's label uh, Rock Aware. Um, those are in there. It's also in his like album art and things like that. The like, um, like rock symbol is basically taking your hands together, bring your thumbs together and then your like pointer fingers together. So it's like a diamond shape or excuse me, a, a triangle shape and triangles are very significant in occult symbology. Yeah. They can represent the all seeing eye, the eye of Horus, pyramids, things like that. So if you can picture Beyonce and Jay-Z doing that, pu- that like triangly thing, sure. um, like that has occult significance. Triangles just themselves do. Like the number three being a holy number. Now, uh, Walt Flanagan, who manages Kevin Smith's bookstore, yeah, uh, Jane Silent Bob's secret stash. Uh, if you go in there and try to get your photo taken with him, uh-huh. he does the <laughs> really. He does the triangle thing with his hands because he keeps trying to get the Illuminati to contact him. <laughs> That's amazing. Even on Tell Him See Baby, I podcast, remember this now. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He talks yeah. and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm really trying to join the Illuminati. And then people sent him cryptic mail. I did that on, a, on oh, this right, show. I right. asked people to send us cryptic mail on this show, and people did. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about that someday in the future. But little brother, I hope you're listening. I haven't heard from you in a while. This is an actual message I'm sending to somebody right now. Yeah, yeah. This is not fake. Little brother. Let me hear from you. I miss your words. Send me an email, little brother. Please do. I, I miss them done too. That in a few weeks. Ago. Yeah, it's time. Um, so also, it seems like people who are into watching for these sorts of signs in the media have really dined out on what I can only tell is a one-time instance in public of Jay Z wearing a sweatshirt that said "Do what thou wilt." Um, <laughs> 
Okay. It didn't seem like it was a, a regular thing. I saw one picture referenced a lot because that is the first half of do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, which is something that Aleister Crowley said. Oh. Um, I also heard that that was like their his greeting to other people like in the OTO, which is an organization that he headed, that they would just be like, do what thou wilt. What is it? Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Okay. To, like to say hello. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, hello. Right. So that thing about Jay-Z has been a rumor since like the 90s because of all that stuff. And again, I, I want to go into it more because I don't understand it. I want to know. I was Googling it and stuff. I want to know from somebody who's not necessarily like totally buying in and believing the Illuminati thing. I'd like to hear from somebody who's like, yeah, what is the deal with this? Because yeah. they do use this a lot. And I want somebody else to do the legwork for me on that. Fair enough. Um, I don't know if it's out there. I might have to do the legwork. I don't know how I could find out except for asking Beyonce and Jay-Z. But something is up. Well, this show is getting pretty big. It may just be them enjoying it, but they absolutely do use a lot of occult symbology. So anyway, my point in talking about that, besides that it's sweet, is that Beyonce at this time in 2009 was just kind of de facto lumped in with that because she was married to Jay-Z. She wasn't doing too much um, stuff like that yet in her videos and everything. She was huge, though. She was she's, she's no no she was yeah. she was humongous yeah. but she didn't really dive into besides like throwing up that like rock symbol and everything she really has a lot of really sweet like mystical symbolism in future videos and albums and things like that at that time she didn't really it was okay. really just that she was married to Jay Z so she like must be in on this yeah but later she definitely came into her own in that regard so that I think is what frames the VMAs being looked at as even a possible. Um, Illuminati play is the involvement of Jay-Z and Beyonce and in particular this year for Beyonce was when single ladies came out and stuff so she was humongous Okay. so she's like looming large over the VMAs they were like Beyonce's VMAs so it was a little bit of surprise when Taylor Swift won female artist of the year Um, that is when uh, Kanye West jumped on stage and said I'm gonna let you finish but Beyonce had the greatest album video I keep messing it up of all time of all time or whatever so in this line of thought where this is an Illuminati ritual and ceremony playing out on the world stage, that was Taylor Swift's initiation into the Illuminati. That was a little bit of hazing. That was her being taken down a peg. She's not worthy just yet. We're going to like, you can play with us, but you're not all the way in yet. Is that is what that was symbolizing? Well, so that Im- the implication then being that Kanye is in the Illuminati. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Definitely. Again, by way of proximity to Jay-Z, it seems. Oh, really? So Jay-Z yeah. is his own He's the crux of this whole thing. Yeah. As far as the 2009 VMAs go. I don't – actually, I don't know if – look, I know that the Illuminati thinks that Kanye is an agent – excuse me, people who watch the Illuminati think that Kanye West may be involved in the Illuminati and that, like, his recent – tirades and weird things are the result of mk ultra being administered which is like a mind control tactic that's again its own whole thing it's really nuts yeah but again on the 2009 vmas tip i believe it's just because he's good friends with jay-z and beyonce and he's involved basically people seem to think everybody involved in hollywood and power as you'll see there's some random characters yeah such as the one I'm about to talk about next, who all seem to be in on this grand play. Right. So that happens. Taylor Swift is humiliated. Sure, she can come into their club enough to be on the VMAs, but she can't take a spot just yet. We have to lower her down. She's being hazed basically before we bring her in and we rally around her and we bond over this thing. Are there any other examples of that being done to 
people publicly? I don't think so. Like the, no. the I, part of the reason the Kanye thing well, was a I don't huge know. splash was mm-hmm. because it was highly unusual. It was highly major yeah. celebrities were getting pantsed every other week. Well, I you know like it would be like oh yeah. No, this happens all the time that somebody gigantic right. rises a bit and then, you know, s- steps in icky goo. Well, again, the idea is that they don't always do these rituals on a large stage like the VMAs. It seems to be that they decide to take their shot. They have the VMA, okay. so let's do it this time. The idea is that they do this privately otherwise. But okay. this time, they're letting it play out. And I've also seen two schools of thought on the Taylor Swift thing in particular. One, she didn't know it was coming and she's being hazed. Two, she was in on it. And again, we are just reenacting the idea of this whole dance of the way that you kind of join the Illuminati. This is all a play and all the players are involved. This is such a weird idea. It's crazy. Let me move on. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It's really going to, it's, can you just say what your source is for this? Like a bunch of websites. Who came up with this? This is wild uh vigilant citizen is one um oh no i'm not recommending these i don't know what other stuff they say on them so don't think that i'm like saying like these places (laughs) (laughs) i did feel a little seedy by the way looking this stuff up um god i remember that name because it was so like specific and also this one that's the one that really went point by point through the vmas thing um but yeah weird weird website names that feel like yeah but anyway the next person who joins our stage Uh Jack Black. Oh. He's in on it too, William. No, not my lovable scamp. He asks us to pray to Satan. He which I think is really funny. I didn't watch I didn't rewatch this clip, but it kind of rang a bell. He's like, let's all pray to Satan together for real. That's great. I know. Because that's like his thing. He's like into like metal and like death metal and whatever. Right. Um he was also dressed as a video game character. Like I think it was somebody from like um rock band or something like that. Okay. Oh um, he might have been in the game Brutal Legend. Yeah, probably- that, that. Yep. Um, also, I will say, it seems like people who look out for the Illuminati, anything that has to do with religion in any way gets lumped into the Illuminati. Like, it's not like its own thing. It's like, yeah, you could be talking about Satan. You're the Illuminati. Right. You could be talking about praying to a higher power. Illuminati. You could be saying that there's a part of yourself that you channel. Illuminati. Because that's right. another Beyonce thing. She had Sasha Fierce. So okay. people who are into that. That's why, like, this is so far-reaching. That's why I was going to try to stick to VMAs because it's so much and so crazy. Yeah, so but wild. anyway. This is wild. People who think that Beyonce is part of the Illuminati sometimes point to her Sasha Fierce persona that she had earlier in her career. And then later on, she said, Sasha Fierce is dead. I integrated her into me. Now Sasha Fierce, she said this, is like in me. I don't need that persona anymore because like now I am Sasha Fierce. And they're like, oh, she channeled something. She brought something other into her. This is clearly an Illuminati act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, Garth Brooks with Chris Gaines. Oh, absolutely. He brought him into them. So he did him. Him, yeah. them. Who knows? Well, yeah. He didn't need him anymore. Who's to say? So, Jack Black came out, um, asked everybody to pray to the Dark Lord Satan with him, and then he ended with, I ask you to grant tonight's nominees with continued success in the music industry. Wow. <laughs> so, pray to a prayer to the Dark Lord. That's a, that's a really um, funny comedy way to lump every single person in that room yeah. into, you know, uh, being agents of the devil. Well, here's the thing. They had to have Jack Black do it because he's known for being into this kind of thing anyway in a jokey way. How else, William, could they bring Satan oh. into this pageant that we're all watching without causing alarm? This is making my skin crawl because all I want to do is like rebut. I know you don't believe this. <laughs> I know, I know. So I have nowhere to direct my frustration. 
other than back at you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's oh, tough. That's so irritating. To it's me. so it's they, look. I don't want to make a blanket statement. I also want anybody to come after me. Yeah. These Illuminati people are really annoying. It's it's that's really too much. It, like, oh, because he's a funny. Maybe not all of them. I'm sure there's some people who are reasonable. Because, uh-huh. like I said, I can see how you would look at some Jay Z and Beyonce stuff, in particular, there's other things too, and be like, there's something going on. Like, there is something to that's that. Fun. I can understand, but I can even understand from a serious perspective, being like, why are they doing this stuff all the time? Maybe there's an Illuminati thing. Like, right. maybe there are people who are reasonable and who are like. They're like doing things in plain sight that we just brush off, but like they're showing us like serious ritual stuff. You know what I mean? But there are also people who are like, well, of course they had Jack Black come out because how else could they talk about Satan on a show? That's what makes me itchy. It's none of the rest of it. Like the whole Jay Z imagery thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's interesting in a way where it's like maybe he does have some sort of an underlying mythology that he's building about. I'm very interested. Yeah. But it's not, he's not treating it like an overt storytelling thing. He's like, no, I'll put these bits and pieces out. People can figure it out. Of myself maybe but then to be like well of course funny man jack black could make it all seem like a game but he really that's what i don't know i can't think i can't put my finger on why that annoys me it's annoying because it's like see i see everything like you guys don't see it but i see how they're trying to pull one over on us and it's not working on me yeah i think there's also something about like that guy who's obviously just being funny there's a secret message you know what I mean? Like yeah. thinking too hard about like, the lighten joke. Up. Right. Just take it easy. Totally. Everyone rely. It feels a little bit like Room Two Three Seven, that documentary about the shine. Yeah, it's it, there's a lot like that, which is very typical of the conspiracy theory world. Like just okay. like looking at something way, way, way too hard, basically. Um. So yeah, there's obviously so strange. Totally an element of that going it's on. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. <laughs> you got to pay attention to these yeah. things. Um, so the next act in our play, Lady Gaga's performance of paparazzi. Now this does again have very overt kind of like Masonic symbology in it. It seems like, okay. Or just kind of theatrical symbology, but there are some things Was like this the meat dress. No, it wasn't. This is when she performed paparazzi. I think it was like a year before meat dress or something. And she ends up stabbed and bleeding and hanging from the ceiling oh. because famous killed her. Oh my. That was a blood sacrifice, William. Oof. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say like there are some images. It's one of those things where like, yeah, you can see it, but it could just be whatever else. But it does seem like because Lady Gaga definitely does seem to have like um, a knowledge and interest in that sort of things. Like she definitely has a bad catalog of like dark symbols and baphomets and goat goat heads and things like that like kind of satanic stuff it does seem like the set is sort of modeled on a like very opulent masonic lodge um which is sweet so i can i can see their point i think it's rad it rules so not only was her blood sacrifice her performance but then later in the in the night is when she changed into this like all red lace outfit that covers her face and everything it's really awesome and her hands and so that she was signifying blood she was oh, still wow. in she that was blood like mode, living which as... I think she may have been just herself. Like it was part of her performance kind right. of thing. But they're saying that was part of the whole Illuminati play. Right. Now, this is the one Pink's performance next that I was like, I saw the picture of her like in her like leotard or whatever, like getting ready to go on or, or get like hooked in so she could do acrobatics in the air. And I was like, oh, my God. But there's actually a lot of stuff with Pink's performance of her song Glitter in the Air that is very Masonic and Illuminati. Okay. So I'm just going to quote yeah, yeah. Um, from, okay, this was from vigilantcitizen.com, this quote. I feel weird 
calling them out, but whatever. That's where it's from. Um, they said, and this is one of those annoying things. Um, there is no way a Mason could watch his performance without recalling his initiation into the first degree. So my eyes are rolling. But then... Here's a description by Mark Stavish from some book. The candidate for initiation is stripped of all material possessions and dressed in a strange and peculiar garb. This includes a blindfold and a length of rope called a cable toe. So the picture of her is blindfolded. She's got cables hooking her up to the ceiling or whatever, and it does get a little bit weirder. Um, He continues... And this is sweet. The blindfold used represents secrecy, darkness, and ignorance, as well as trust. The candidate is led into the lodge room for initiation, but is not able to see what is happening. He is bound about the waist and arm with a cable toe. Oh, it's from the book Freemasonry, Rituals, Symbols, and History of the Secret Society. So um, she is blindfolded and bound with ropes. Her costume is like a cat suit sort of thing. And her left breast is exposed, but then there's like a heart over where her nipple would be. Or it's kind of like on her boob, but whatever. Like it's made to be half and half kind of her costume. Um, and then also her left leg is exposed in this costume, like okay. in, you know, sparkly stuff or whatever. And then the rest of her costume bears a diamond pattern, which is very re- reminiscent of the floors and Masonic lodges, which is true. And then. I think I've been in a Masonic lodge. A lot of people have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Katie's dad was part of the Masons. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so Pink's performance was like acrobatics where she's flipping all around. You'd think that she'd probably get down and be dizzy, which just ties into something, which is also a feature of Freemasonry for free masonry's first degree initiation he is then blindfolded and a cord in the form of a noose is passed around his neck at this point the novice is entering the marginal stage associated with ordeals he cannot see his sense of direction has been confused and he has been dressed like a victim for execution um so there is a picture online of what that kind of looks like like what somebody would be wearing when they go to do something like that left boob exposed left leg exposed blindfold and ties it really is very similar to what pink is wearing yeah that's kind of crazy hold on a second can you send that to me yes I'm, I'm gonna go ahead oh i go misspoke to... her left leg isn't exposed but her left leg is the one that has the masonic lodge print <laughs> right 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 where should i uh, send it to it's a really old article hey, yeah go ahead yeah or, or... MTV? Yeah, try. Will that do it, you think? Maybe. <laughs> the other thing I'll get to is that there have been a million articles about the VMAs and uh, Illuminati stuff since, because I think that this theory kind of took off. People have been dining out on it in blog posts ever since, yeah, so it might yeah. be hard to find. Well, I would go back f- really far. Really? Yeah. Is it like all the Oh, way- wait, wait, wait. Go up. No, no, no. Okay, go down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's right. Because uh, this is from 2009, remember, so... Yeah, now we're eight- It probably should be... This Here last page. My this control. one. Okay. Yep. The 2009 MTV or the 2009 VMAs, the occult mega ritual. So if mm-hmm. everybody, if you're watching this on the YouTube version of the show, you're going to be able to see some of these images real quick. Right. Um, really the only one that I so, want to show off at the moment. Yeah, it is pink. Is pink. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, I would Google it because this one was weird to me. <laughs> okay. It's very, it's, it, I think it's particularly weird because it's so specific and she's like kind of hitting the specific points. <laughs> right. So pink, uh, uh, like the, the shirt is like cut across her chest or left boob is out. Left leg is kind of like different. Yeah. And then here's an initiate 
Right. Whose left leg of his pants is rolled up and his left boob is hanging out. Right. And he's also blindfolded and has like ties on him. All right. It is kind of weird. Kristen, I'm going to go with kind of weird. <laughs> right. I'm going to go with like kind of weird. Like it's- I said, that was the one. I really was not expecting that to be the one where I'm like, Huh. Yeah. Okay, this could be a Masonic ritual. Side note, how come Farva gets to be in the Illuminati and I don't? <laughs> Who says you don't? Have you tried? You know, I haven't. Right. Although, I'll, t- I'll say this much. I have worked now in La La Land and I have seen the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. I have mingled with some Hollywood elite. Right. Who's to say I'm not already? <gasps> I won't tell. I would kill you if you were personally like that and you didn't tell me. I won't tell. I'll never tell. <laughs> I've not okay. mingled with any Hollywood elite. <laughs> you kind of have, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last thing that rounds out our ritual is we're bringing Taylor Swift back. Tay-tay. She's been through these trials and everything. She's lived through the play. And now Beyonce has one video of the year. So even though she didn't win Female Artist of the Year or Female Video, she won Video of the Year. And she brings Taylor out on stage so that she can have her moment. Taylor was waiting in the wings. It seems to have been planned. She comes out. She's wearing a red dress. It's the same shade as red as Beyonce. Maybe Uh more blood messaging. Maybe messaging that they are on the same playing fields now. Could be. And now she is welcomed into the group. Um. Our play has concluded. So I have a question for you. On the world stage. In front of everyone. I have a question for you then. These plebes didn't even know. <laughs> no, they obviously did. Vigilant citizen, whose tagline is, symbols rule the world, not words nor laws. Okay. Anyway, um, they did catch it. Yeah. You said that this is all supposed to be like some sort of orchestrated dance or recreation. Right. Mm-hmm. What is it recreating? I think that it's recreating like somebody being um, like brought into the fold of the Illuminati. So maybe it's like first there's the trial. Then there's the prayer to Satan. Then there's the blood sacrifice. Then pink is symbol- symbolizing that thing that they do to new initiates to confuse them and whatever. And then finally you've made it. And now you're on the stage with the queen of the Illuminati Beyonce. Yeah. And you're in. Well, listen, I'm not going to say that uh, it, it, the concept of having some sort of a narrative playing across an award show isn't compelling to me. Funny you should say that. It is. Taylor Swift said that she would like to be excluded from this narrative, one that she never asked to be a part of from 2009. That's when Kim Kardashian came out with the receipts of her talking to Kanye West on the phone, saying that she was fine with that song where he says, uh, me and Taylor may still have sex because I made that bitch famous. Right. And then Taylor Swift acted horrified by it. Well, and then whatever, and then Taylor Swift put on on Instagram a statement that said that it's kind of neither here nor there. You just use the word narrative, and that's another one of my favorite quotes. But wait, so I thought I'd trot it out. She said that she doesn't want to be part of the story anymore, right? The Kanye West story of like, oh, oh poor she doesn't Taylor. want people to talk about this thing anymore, right? Okay, right. I thought you were yeah, talking yeah. about this this crazy Illuminati story. No, like, she commented on this. No, 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 no. She issued a statement. No, that's the worst thing you could do. <laughs> Absolutely, no, she didn't. Man. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a ride you just took us on there, Kristen. Right. So as I said very briefly, but it's worth looking into, if you Google the words MTV Illuminati or VMA's Illuminati, there are tons of blog posts and think pieces and everything, not just from people who are like Illuminati watchdog people. Um, It's just like MTV blog writers who are like... 15 reasons the Illuminati were in charge of the 2015 VMAs. Like, 
they really latched onto this and I totally get it. It's really fun. If I were a blog writer for MTV, I would do the same thing, but like, it's part of like the weird culture of the VMAs now to talk about how they're like Illuminati based. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's certainly entertaining, Mm -hmm. but this is a messy little story. here. Oh, totally. Uh, It's very fun. Yes. And it's crazy. And I love, I, I really do love the, the stories of like, Hollywood elite mm-hmm. mingling secretly. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. So, like, I, I don't really know what the hell the Illuminati is, or what they do, or why they would want to do this. Yeah, right, but Exa- it certainly is fun. It's fun to think about. Yeah, yeah. Are are world leaders in the Illuminati? Yeah, Every time totally. I think of the Illuminati, it's, it's like they're about different. Like Bing Crosby. <laughs> It's like there are different branches of the Illuminati. So this would be but habit. This would be like the Hollywood branch of the Illuminati. The Illuminati are supposed to be like widespread. There's like overlap between the Illuminati and the New World Order. It's like a whole thing. Right. Because yeah, Yeah. if I have to hear one more story about Tony Curtis (laughs) and Desi Arnaz living it up. Being the high priests of the Illuminati. I'm gonna spew. I'm just going to spew. Would you believe I didn't even hear the answer to the question? Because you were thinking of the names. I, was to think of more I totally get it. <laughs> you pulled that really good one. I'll hear it on Tony the show this week. Curtis. Tony Curtis. What do you think? He was in the Illuminati? He must have been. I don't know. I, he was great. I don't have enough of a reference of Tony Curtis. I know he's famous, but I don't know how famous he was. He was in Some Like It Hot with Jack Lemon. It was wonderful. Great. I know, but is was he like totally like wielding power over Hollywood famous? Oh, he was Lord. Was he? Yeah. Oh, he was he was he, sh- he was not, shaming people. I'm not too hot on the Tony Curtis train. Too yeah. hot on the train. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Like the the 1962 Oscars, he got up and he said, I'm going to let you finish, but I just have to say <laughs> That's not how he talks. He has like a weird like New Yorky accent. Oh, does he? Because one of the few things I know about Tony Curtis is that he played Caesar and he <laughs> was just talking like himself, basically. Uh, you, you almost stole what I was gonna say because I was gonna go, I'm going to let you finish. Well, I'll do New York now. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish. But I just got to say, my bud here, Sid Caesar, had the kickinest movie of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Good job, kickinest. He's kickinest. Uh, I oversold his accent. I'm not sure if it's New York, but he was just kind of like, how could you do this to me? Would you believe <laughs> I have no idea what I've been talking about? He's trying to pull old names out of my ass. Uh, that was great. Yeah, good that was stuff, great, right? Kristen. Yeah, that was wonderful. What do you got? Um, so I'm going to take you... Uh, uh, on a journey okay. into a, a well-known urban legend, mm-hmm. perhaps one of the most well-known mm-hmm. urban legends I'm listening. in the world. Yeah. I defy you to find somebody <laughs> who doesn't at least know this concept, if not their own version of the story. Okay. And so, Kristen, first, I'm going to ask you to tell me the story you know when I say this. The babysitter... And the call coming from inside the house. Okay, this is very funny that you're doing this. I was thinking about this recently. I don't remember why. And I was trying to remember the story. And I was I remember thinking to myself, I'll have to Google that later. I think what it is is that the deal is that there's a phone call uh-huh. and it's a bad guy or something. And then a babysitter and they're threatening in some way. And then the babysitter like calls the police or something. He's like, can you trace this call? And they trace and the police call back and they're like, that call is coming from where you are. You need to get out of there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know anything else? Do you know what happened? No, I know when a stranger anything? calls with Carol Kane. Have you seen um, that movie? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've seen it. Okay. Um, what happens from there? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. All right. I mean, yeah. the short answer is that a million things happen. Yeah. Me because there is no concrete singular story that this all points back to. Yeah. You know, everybody seems to have their own version. This story has been around at least since the 1950s. Cool. Uh, essentially, it seems like from a time where telephones were common enough to be in the everyday household. Yeah, yeah. That's where this story comes from. Yeah. Which is kind cool. of Cool, that's awesome. Like the second that phones came into people's houses, there was a new scary story to freak them all out about it. I kind of love seeing the evolution of things like that, that you can be like, oh, that teenager or babysitter call from inside the house thing came about when phones came into everybody's houses. Yeah, basically. Like we like, find a way to make everything threatening. Everything has to turn into something scary. Yeah. Everything. Uh, so I'm going to read you one version of the story. Mm-hmm. It is not the only version of the story. I tried to find the version that I would have recognized as being the first one I'd ever heard. Yeah. Couldn't find it. There's no way you can find it. Yeah. Somebody probably told it to me on a playground or something. Right. You know, this is truly a story mm-hmm. that has been passed around and has evolved as like in the telling. Yeah. It's a major um, classic. But here is one version. Real quick. Not to skip ahead, but maybe. Is that Stephen King book that's about a phone – is that a play on this kind of thing at all? What are you thinking of? Sell? Maybe. You're it was like a of, Kindle oh, only. You're, I knew it. You're thinking of You Are, the Kindle yes. exclusive. Yes. No. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kristen, that's a very simple tale <laughs> of a person who buys an Amazon Kindle trademark. Get your own Kindle at Amazon.com. Right. But the one that arrives in the mail is a pink version. Right. But that wasn't officially released by Amazon. This is all in the book. No, I'm remembering. Uh, And then uh, he's reading the book and there's a a thing that allows you to look up lines from the book you're reading as a reference to find news articles about it. Okay. And all the news articles he's reading don't make sense. This doesn't make – John Lennon is still alive? (laughs) How could this be? He has a Kindle from another universe that's referencing news articles from this parallel world where certain events took place differently. If you is a real just Stephen King told novel. me that plot, you said, guess who wrote that? I would say Stephen King. Stephen King. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Gotta be master of horror, Stephen King. Gotcha. That is what I'm thinking of. Okay, go ahead. Who Sorry. I, who I swear I do like. I Yeah, I love him, but just, <laughs> I there's I don't love everything. Yeah. All right. So anyway, here is uh, one version yeah. of this tale. <clears throat> a young couple living in a large isolated house had gone out to a dinner party one evening and left the babysitter in charge of their two children. The children had been, the children had been put to bed and the babysitter was watching the television when the phone rang. She answered, but all she heard was a man laughing hysterically. And then a voice saying, I'm upstairs with the children. You'd better come up. Ew. That's worse. Oh, it's terrifying. Oh my God! Now this is where one of the divergence. Yeah, right, right. Come. I haven't There's, heard that. Yeah, there are a million variations. So I'll go ahead and say that many of the variations there. If people listening to this are like, "That's not right." Yeah, that's not right. Is because uh, frequently that would be. You better check on the children. Ew! Your voice is making it worse Just in a good way. A it's a it's a compliment. Squirmy, scary person. No, it's working. Uh, thinking it was one of those phone calls. Or a practical joke, she slammed down the receiver and turned the television sound up. A short time later, the phone rang again. As she turned the, as she picked it up, the unmistakable hysterical laughter came down the line, and the voice once again said, "I'm upstairs with the children. You'd better come up." Oh my God! Getting rather frightened, she called the <laughs> operator and was advised they would notify the police. And should the phone ring again, 
Could she please keep him talking in order to give them enough time to trace the call and have him arrested? Minutes later, she placed the receiver and the phone rang again. And the voice said, I'm upstairs with the children. You'd better come up. She tried to keep him talking. However, he must have guessed what she was trying to do. And he hung up on her. Only seconds later, the phone rang again. This time, it was the operator who said, get out of the house straight away. The man is calling from inside the house. The babysitter put down the phone and heard somebody coming down the stairs. Oh, my God. This is really scary. She fled out of the house and straight into the arms of the police. They burst into the house and found a man brandishing a large butcher's knife. He had entered the house through an upstairs window, murdered both the children, and was just about to do the same to the poor babysitter. Oh, my God. That's a really scary story. Terrifying. Genuinely terrifying. Yeah. And I think this is one of the reasons why it has proliferated to this day is because it speaks. That's very disturbing. It speaks to this fear in all of us of things that are simple and Mm -hmm. could really happen. Right. There's nothing exaggerated about this story it's there's some ridiculousness to it the idea even the voice i was doing it's it's all ridiculous but in that way that scares you because it reminds you that there are people who are somewhat like that well uh, yeah completely would really want to do that and it's also scary because it's kind of like the scary aspect of blowing something off because it's too ridiculous and then that thing that's so ridiculous turns out to be true oh absolutely yeah 100 percent Oh. Um, and the idea that the kids were already dead. Right, right. Yeah. And he just keeps calling. Just keeps calling. He's like, come on up, because he wants her to see the dead kids An and invitation. then kill her. Right. But it's also the game. It's right. not enough to just do the killing. Mm-hmm. You have to engage Yeah, you in have this to game. lure your prey. It's more fun that way. <laughs> so here are some- It's a good story. Oh, it's a, it's such a good story. It's a really I, good story. I really love this story. Yeah. Um, some variations. Yeah. Uh, in some versions, the mysterious caller only laughs. Mm-hmm. So she picks up the phone and says, ha, 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 Nothing. Uh, different number of children, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes the girl sees the killer before mm-hmm. she runs out the door and the police are there. Yeah. Uh, in alternate versions, uh, the police discover that one of the children upstairs has been the one making the threatening prank calls. I would kill that kid. So it was all it was all a hoax. I'd wring their neck. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'd choke them to death. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There are many versions that kidify the story. Yeah. To defang it uh-huh. a little bit to make it uh Yeah, more palatable. Family. You can imagine like somebody telling the story at like uh, uh boy. So I it would be fun to imagine having a kid, that kid having a sleepover, yeah. all their friends around, and then just being like, <laughs> Hey kids, I'm gonna go to bed, but I'm gonna tell you a real uh, a story real quick. Yeah. They're just scaring the hell out of all of yeah, them. Yeah, right. And then like going upstairs, but listening and be like what are we gonna do? <laughs> Listen to the panic in their voices. What are we gonna do? <laughs> what are we gonna do? Guys, we gotta come up with a plan. What are we gonna do? Yeah. Oh god. Um this yeah. is all right, now this is probably the craziest one. Yeah. Another variation combined with elements of another uh uh urban legend called the roommate's death. I believe this is the one where they're like Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Oh, God. That, ooh, that's a good one, too. Urban Legends, I'm telling you, I love them. Oh, I do, too. Everybody email yeah. email Urban Legends or message them or whatever. Yeah. At Haunted Sponge, send me your favorite Urban Legends. I want the classic ones, and I want them ooh. written well. Send them to gttupod at gmail.com. Don't leave me out of this. Okay, you're right. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, they're the best. Anyway, 
Uh, so this variation involves two babysitters. Mm-hmm. After the first girl learns from the operator that the calls are coming from inside the house, she runs to the stairway to get her friend. Her friend had like basically yeah. gone up to check the kids. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, she's on the phone. Right. <clears throat> As she approaches the stairway, she hears a thumping sound mm-hmm. coming from up the stairs. It's the sound of her friend, her limbs severed, dragging herself down the stairway. Oh, my God. I have never heard that before. In other versions, on top of that, the mutilated friend warns the first babysitter that the children have all been murdered and urges her to flee the house. Oh, my God. That's brutal. 1950s. Man. That's where this came from. Nuclear family, chicken in every pot. Yeah. Holy crap. Taking the horrors of the world and turning them into something that's more digestible. 100%. 100%. Really Uh, brutal. In some versions, every time the killer calls, like the first time he calls, he's like, I'm going to kill you in one hour. Oh, yeah, that that rings a bell. 15 minutes later, 45 minutes left. Yeah. Counting down and down and down and down. Oh, God. I hate that. It's so terrifying. Sometimes the killer doesn't say anything at all, but just makes disturbing noises. On the other end of the phone? Uh-huh. When the operator tells the babysitter that the calls are coming from upstairs, the line goes dead. Yeah. So the cop is now like, hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Operator calls back, and the only thing they hear is the disturbing sounds. Oh, God. So we, <laughs> God. Never, we never learned more about this person, but now they're even taunting the police. What an unsatisfying story, though. Very and then creepy. The police is like, oh, I sent everybody out. I'm alone <laughs> yeah. at the station. <laughs> Now I'm scared. I mean, that's really good and creepy, but like, I'd like a little more information, please. Oh, no, you don't get more. That's one of the best things about urban legends. You're left with whatever they were willing to tell you in the first place. There are no answers because there is no more story. This world doesn't exist. After this, it's a, it's a cliff. After this, it's just smashed to black. Yeah. Anything could have happened. It's up to you. Yeah. And you're going to make it the worst thing possible for yourself right, right up here in the, in the head. Yep. Right in the old chrome dome. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> in another variation, the babysitter is watching television with the children. Uh, the phone starts to ring. Thinking it's the parents checking up on them, the babysitter answers, only to hear a creepy man's voice saying that he'll be with them soon. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> This is so good. It's so good. Do you never think of this story? I think of this not infrequently. I just told you that I was just thinking about it. Well, I know, but I mean like (laughs) over the course of like... Oh, totally. But I haven't heard a lot of these versions. It's great. Urban legends, man. Amazing. It's great. So um, like I said, there is no... no origin yeah yeah at some point somebody was the first person to say this of course no one knows who that was my favorite author nobody yeah my favorite author yeah nobody knows who they are yeah uh and uh obviously it would be easy to then go like well was there a case that this was based on right the answer is also no yeah however as as much a bummer as this is Mm -hmm. there are things that happen in real life that kind of echo yeah the events of the story so i'm going to tell you about one of them right now yeah and it did take place right on the dot, uh-huh. 1950. Oh, man. In Columbia, Missouri. Okay. So there's a little bit of guilty party. I don't like talking about true crime. Uh-huh. But this is something that happened in real life. Right. Everybody buckle up. This stuff typically bum- bums me out. Yeah. But in the service of this story. Right. It seems like it's part of its origin. Right. Yeah. Uh, 13-year-old Janet Christman was babysitting three-year-old Gregory Romack. Sometime between putting the kid to bed... 
and the arrival of his parents mm-hmm. at one thirty in the morning, a man shattered the living room window and attacked her mm-hmm. and killed her. They suspected a close friend, Robert Mueller. Oh. Which is weird. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> because he had been making weird comments about her. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he passed a lie detector test. He was never charged. Uh-huh. He ended up like suing everybody for studying oh. his good name. Uh-huh. Now, here's the thing about this case. Yeah. The living room window was broken from the from outside. The, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, whoever this person was used a garden hose outside, probably like the brass. Yeah, the, right. To smash through the window. Mm-hmm. But the real strange thing was that just inside that window was a cluster of furniture he would not have been able to easily walk through. He would have had to have moved it out of his way. Uh-huh. None of it was moved. All of it That's... was still completely in place. The implication being, yeah, it was no problem for him to get into the house. Right. And smashing the window right. was a fake. Right. He was already in. Right. Oh, my God. No one knows. Ugh. I mean, what a nightmare. That's so freaky. What a nightmare. To have that clue. That's like the big Ugh. clue. Yeah, totally. That's the, one of the big ones. How to get in. Right. And oh, then, man, did he get cut on the glass? Do we have any DNA? Do we have anything? They just wanna, he just wanted to mess up the timeline and the idea of how this crime was committed, basically. Guess and so. just kind of like muddy the waters. Guess so. Ugh. Real. God. Real nuts. Was the kid okay? The dead kid? Wait, no. But wasn't she baby? Was she babysitting for somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was Gre- uh, Gregory Romack. Uh-huh. Three years old. Yeah, was he? No, he was killed. To this day, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Can you believe it? Can All this I'm... time. <laughs> and I don't even know. You still don't know, huh? Still don't know. Still <laughs> Probably researched this today. Yeah. Still haven't figured it out to this day. <laughs> uh, this story, uh, obviously, uh, was essentially the wellspring from yeah, which a that, million classic horror films. Right, that makes a ton of sense. Sprang. Yeah, because it's uh, horrifying. The God. first notable one of which is 1974's uh-huh. Black Christmas. I want to watch that again. I've seen it, but I don't really remember Ooh. it. Hoo-wee. It is a hell of a movie. It's often cited as one of the yeah. actual beginnings of the slasher genre yeah uh some people point to peeping tom some people point to psycho some people just go straight to halloween Mm -hmm. uh but halloween was itself a ripoff right Uh, a a madman stalking babysitters Mm -hmm. on a holiday yeah that had already been done several years prior in this margot kidder (laughs) sleeper hit yep uh, it's a sorority house. Yeah. And somebody is calling and harassing them. And the, you know, the phone calls to start are the same, exactly the kind of like gross calls somebody would be making to a, a, a sorority a house. house. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Like just like, you know, body talk. Right. They're blue. It's blue. They use, yeah. This caller is working blue. Working blue, using some blue material. Yeah. Uh, and then Margot Kidder gets on the line. She's basically the one that's like, she's the tough yeah, sorority yeah. girl. And she's like, okay, let me talk to him. And she's like, all right, listen, bud, you know, up your nose with a rubber hose yeah. or whatever the hell she says. And then, <laughs> whatever they say in 1974 to ward off attacks. <laughs> exactly. But she, you know, like really like goes to town. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, it's quiet for Moni, just goes, I'm going to kill you. Ugh. Click. God. And it's a tonal shift 
from the gross guy a uh-huh. moment ago. Right, who, right. Who's like f- being fun? Well, not funny, but you yeah, know what I mean. But yeah. W- crazy to oh. now just like honest, almost like, how could you? Yeah, right. I'm going to kill you. Oof. Uh, and they all are kind of stunned by it. Yeah. He'll call back later, of course. Of course. Uh, boy, everybody. Everybody watch Black Christmas. Yeah. Get your stomach ready. Yeah. It's going to be a bummer. Uh-huh. But one of the later phone calls, it's, I'm going to try to do an impression. Okay. It's impossible, though. I think because they layer multiple voices in, mm-hmm. literally. But like later on when this guy calls back, He's, they pick up the phone. He's like, you pig. You Ugh. pig. Ah! Ah! You pig. Ah! What'd you do with the baby, Agnes? Ah! You pig. Like, it's just impossible. Oh, my God. It's now there's that not even. That sounds extremely disturbing. There's not even a semblance of yeah. humanity, logic, r- no rational mind anymore. Yeah. It's almost animalistic and popping out of him. Right, right. It, it, Involuntarily, oh my God. he can't even contain it. Yeah, uh, it pig is, very is such like a, a sharp insult. Yeah, pig has this particular like real like hatred behind it. Yes, Oof. which is strange. It's a, a sweet. I know, but it's like it's like it just feels so pointed. Like being a pig. Yeah, Alec Baldwin calling his daughter like a selfish little pig. Yeah. Um, Kim Richards calling Brandy Glanville a slut pig Ugh. on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's weird. It's, it's a weird It one. feels like dirty. Like, I, yeah, it's, oh, it's, whoa. It's because it's weird. Yeah. There's, there's also like a Texas yeah, it is chainsaw odd. kind yeah, of it's thing. Yeah, it. it's a strange thing to say. I guess it's, I mean, it's literally dehumanizing, so that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's not it great. It just feels harsh. It's not great. Yeah. I don't um, like pig. I also it has such hard syllables or not syllables, pig. Um, consonants. Yeah, pig. Pig. Ugh. Oh, it's a rough one. Yeah, and in the movie, it's very frightening. Yeah, it sounds like you're just doing it. Maybe oh. like Ugh, I don't know if I want to watch that. Kristen, it's amazing. I, I, I have some go tos yeah. of like things that are just like really scary and short bursts. Yeah, that phone call from Black Christmas. Everyone, look up the ghost song on YouTube. You'll know when you see it. <laughs> the, the thumbnail. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Ghost song. I don't know what that Go is. Go forth and listen to it. It is frightening. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I just you know, save it for later. Okay. Um, so the killer is never revealed yeah. in that movie. Spoiler alert. I'm going to spoil a bunch of movies for you here mm-hmm. now. Uh, every movie that I mention from here on out, I'm going to be spoiling. Yeah. Just beware. Okay. Uh, so in that movie, they don't reveal who the killer is. It's a complete mystery. He basically gets away with it. Mm-hmm. You never even really see his face yeah um they remade this movie in 2006 yeah uh and it was uh directed and written by glenn morgan famed for his work on x-files yeah Mm -hmm. not such a good movie uh they basically abandoned the phone call aspect of it which is kind of a bummer the only reason i can assume is because now the idea of a killer phone call yeah is is like so wrapped up in screen yeah Uh too done but like really i feel like screen well i mean by took, screen. It, took the ball and ran with it and just made it theirs. Yeah. In 2006, like, it'd be like so soon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so instead they dig real deep into who the killer is, mm-hmm. Billy, and he said something to someone called Agnes. Mm-hmm. So they dig in real deep there. Okay. They really go into that mythology. It's terrible. <laughs> doesn't sound like a rich vein. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just the worst. Weird. <laughs> But then we go to uh, one of the most famous horror movies of all time, Carol Kane. You mentioned it before. Yep. When a stranger calls, 
1979, mm-hmm. Carol Kane plays a babysitter who is getting these phone calls. It's um, funny to think of Carol Kane young or see Carol Kane young. I want to watch these movies now because yeah. it's hard for me to imagine her. Uh, not as Grandma Adams. Not as Grandma Adams and not as Is this as what made you Lillian think of it? Stupp, Cow Stupper from uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, okay. Where she's great. I, yeah. I really love Carol Kane. Yeah. But even like being afraid and then having to like, take charge yeah. of a moment. Like it's just not the character she typically pro- portrays. Right. Very curious about that. So it's almost a literal uh, film adaptation of the story I read at the yeah, beginning of yeah. this, um, with a couple of key differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is part of it, but I, I like the phrasing, so I'm just going to read this. This is normal from what I said before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the police, when they go like, "He's calling from inside the house," yeah, they rush over. They discover that he killed the children before the phone calls even began. Oh. Oh, man. God. <laughs> Doesn't that make it worse somehow? It completely does. Yeah. Like, yeah. this was already a done deal. Right. Like, I've been sitting... And by the well, way... Well, again, he, it's already a done deal. He wants to lure her up to see it before he kills her. He probably wanted yeah. to see the shock on her face. I never really thought of the chronology to uh-huh. this. I just figured he killed the kids up there at some point right, during during the phone calls. The idea that he broke in, killed the kids, and, and then, was then like, starts calling. How about I spend a couple hours up here with these dead bodies making phone calls? Right, screwing around the babysitter downstairs. Sitting upstairs with a couple of corpses. Yeah. That's what he's been doing the whole time. He's just been up right. there. It's comfortable to him. He's fine with it. Right. Ugh. That's his spa. That's his island spa and sauna. Ugh. 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 As far as I can tell, that's the first act of that movie. Yeah. The entire story. Uh-huh. What then happens seems strange to me. They fast forward seven years? Oh, Okay. I'm surprised to hear that. It I really don't remember they that. they caught the guy, and his name is Duncan. Okay, that's not a very threatening name. Go ahead. Here he comes. The killer, Duncan. Gangway. Yeah. Uh, uh, the family's trying to get him thrown back. He escaped from a, an asylum. Trying to catch this guy. Yeah. They really going. need to tighten up the reins on asylums in, like, the <laughs> 70s. Oh, they sure do. It's not going so hot for him. No. Maybe he was also at the, to at, rethink some things. the Smith's Grove Asylum where Michael Myers yeah, was. Yeah. This is just one year later. Yeah, you that's know, at right. At the beginning of that movie, they, they're driving around. They see a bunch of... Uh, maybe he was one of them. Yeah. Maybe all every patient that escaped from there went off into their own movie. Into a different movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun fan theory. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Post that on your Reddits. Yeah. Um, so in this seven years in the future, they're trying to recatch this guy. Now Carol Kane is uh married and mm-hmm. has two kids of her own. They oh, no. go out to Dindin. Oh no. To celebrate a promotion or some summit. Yeah. And they get a phone call saying you should check on the kids. Oh god. He's at her house. Oh my god. Does he get the kids? No. I don't think so. He did. Yeah. That time it was that time it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> was he at the house? He was uh, I don't even think he was. Yeah. <laughs> that time it was just fine. I don't know. Uh, Just a prank. Because it, it gets it gets weirder from here. They made a sequel to this. You know about this? Well, it sounds like they're trying to have kind of like a Laurie Strode and Michael Myers relationship between Carol Kane and Duncan in that. If Duncan is still coming after Carol Kane seven yeah. years later. Yeah, because they made Duncan v. Julie in 1993. I don't think I do know about this. So strange. So strange. So how so, much time had passed here? Uh, 14 years. Wow. 14 I years I guess the people were by. calling for it. Uh, so a girl is, is babysitting and being stalked. Uh huh. There's like a guy, his car breaks down. He asks if she can help him. She goes in. She says that she called his auto club. Okay. <laughs> immediately. I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm already untethered. Is that something that I'm supposed to be in? <laughs> what the hell's that? Anyway, that threw me for a loop. Get ready. There are further loops to come. 
So she's being stalked. She's spooked. She's real freaked out. It ends oh up God. being okay, but now she goes to a therapist who's played by Carol Kane. Okay. Julie. Same yeah. character. Yeah. Julie. Maybe because I, I can picture Carol Kane as a therapist. So, Maybe I know something about this. She anyway. teaches this girl how to fire a gun in self-defense. Okay. Then one of the next sentences is, Her therapist? Carol Kane gets a phone call. That girl shot herself. Oh, this isn't working out. <laughs> they didn't even talk about Duncan at all during that. I don't think he had anything to do with it. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. There's also a chance Duncan's dead. Hold on. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Duncan might have died. What is this movie about? I think Duncan died in the first one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. How did Duncan die? I don't know, but Duncan checked out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway. Oh, my now, God. Now, all of a sudden, the entire movie's about Carol Kane. Can you believe that? I think we've talked about Dunstan checks in on this show before. I think there was something about me asking uh, Alexa what Dunstan checks in is about, and there was a funny answer, and I talked about it on the show. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he's a future bite-sized monster madness. Maybe. Dunstan. Dunstan. A <laughs> little devil. A monster. Um, oh so now the movie's all about Carol Kane. She's being stalked by someone. There's a lot of theorizing that the killer stalker guy mm-hmm. – um, <laughs> this is how they're one-upping the original. Yeah. The calls were originally coming from inside the house. The new stalker, they think, might be, be a ventriloquist. And he's in the what? house, but he's throwing his voice to make it sound like he's outside the house. Wow. To make you comfy, but he's really in the house. They theorize that, and then they're right. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have any basis for that theory like was there a suspect who was a known ventriloquist i don't want to shock you but i didn't watch (laughs) wow that's something else a hell of a thing yeah then he's stalking carol kane around in her house and wikipedia tells me that he has makeup that lets him blend into the walls (laughs) oh my god what the hell? So it's kind of like in Hunger Games when Peter can paint his face like a cake to look. That's like a something I think about a lot. Yeah, they should reboot that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the origin. That of his part cake made me skills. like bust out laughing. Crazy. Uh, and then yeah, she gets him. Oh my <laughs> god! And the girl survived too. The one who shot herself. This makes me really want to see fun. this movie. They're both completely okay. Man, At the end of that movie. That sounds. Oh, and I don't even know if I told you what the title of it was because it wasn't really Duncan v. Julie. Uh huh. It was When a Stranger Calls Back. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> wait, again, wait, okay. With, with When a Stranger Calls Back, is Carol Kane playing an older version of herself or it's like a cameo thing where it's like, oh, this is a totally different thing, but just Carol Kane was, so it's fun. No, it, she's playing her character from the first one. Okay, so he is calling back. It, wait, is it not? It's, it's a not, different stranger. Wait, it's, not, it's not Duncan, though. It's a yeah. different stranger. Wow. What what a coincidence. Yeah, Duncan's gone the way of the dodo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well. Yeah. Uh, boy, they remade this wow. movie as well. Yeah. Uh, when a stranger calls. Yeah, I never saw that. Two thousand six. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The the the, ba- the basic premise is that the girl babysitting uh, is only babysitting because her dad's making her do it okay. because she went over on her cell phone minutes. Oh. So like phones are part of the plot through and through. You know, every aspect <laughs> has something to do with a phone. Oh my god. Uh, and then this I found out actually has ties to earlier versions of the story, but uh-huh. I was still surprised to see it. Yeah. In the 2006 movie, she says to the killer on the phone, what do you want? And he says, your blood all over me. Uh, oh, okay. Blame. 
It's really dorky. But evidently, there are some original versions of the story that <laughs> is had the that, killer's name like, still what? Duncan. <laughs> Who are you, Duncan? Duncan. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that. Is there like Duncan lore out there? Like how there's like, you know, like a whole like Michael Myers Wikipedia universe. Is there like a whole bunch of stuff about Duncan? Are people like really into Duncan? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) America runs on Duncan. (laughs) They love the guy. I've made that joke before. That was a very scamp. It's a good joke. Little scamp. And then I'm not going to get too much into it. I just have a section of my notes that just says scream. And I didn't write anything because I knew that you know, I could just wing it. I'm about to say, I totally get it. My notes for the VMAs thing were just like, because I knew exactly what all their performances were. I was like, talk about Lady Gaga. Yeah. I think the only thing that threw me was Jack Black and Pink. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just take it away. Yeah. But obviously, uh, Scream, especially with its opening with Drew Barrymore, was heavily riffing mm-hmm. on the idea of When a Stranger Calls, but with the then uh, distinctly new and modern complication of cell phones. Yes. Um, I think we've talked about it on the show before. Just even the idea that, like, you you don't know where a killer is, but if he's talking to you on the phone, he must be standing next to a table somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. He like, can't be too far from the yeah. mid-90s. If you were being stalked and, and taunted by somebody on the telephone, yeah. you knew that they were holding a headset that <laughs> had the twisty, twirly phone cable to a base. Right. They he's were stationary. in a home. Yeah. He's, yeah. I'm standing still somewhere. Yeah. Like, you know? Or phone booth, I suppose. Sure. Phone booth. But yeah. either way, he's not going nowhere. Right. Uh, Scream uh, rightfully pointed out that everything was different now with cell phones. Yeah. Am You'd I be calling your, from anywhere. Yeah. Am I, which entrance to the, your house am I at? Am mm-hmm. I at the front door or the back door? Yeah. Because that's now a possibility. It yeah. wasn't before. Because guess what? I could be anywhere. Yeah. I also want to point out that, uh, Furthermore, when Sydney Prescott's being attacked and she calls the police, mm-hmm. she runs out the front door into the arms of a cop. It's Dewey. Yeah. Even reading the original story of this, when she runs out of the house, when they rush there, the call's coming from inside the house. She runs out front. There are oh, cops yeah. just there. Yeah. They just did that in Scream as well. Oh, yeah. That's cool. It's like, like really like sinking their teeth into that uh-huh. original story to get some mileage out of it. Even Scream 4, the opening has two. Yeah. Girls, much like the variation that has the two babysitters. That's right. Like, yeah, there are like a million. Interesting. I wonder if here. that was intentional. The two girls thing. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hmm. Scream Four is weird because they yeah. even were trying to riff on the first movie, right? And they were originally supposed to be killed the same way that Drew Barrymore and uh, her boyfriend in that yeah. opening were killed, but they cut it for yeah. some reason. So who knows? Who knows yeah. what they were doing? But either way, obviously, I will say no more. But Scream mm-hmm. really. Uh, Picked up this torch. Yeah. Borrows heavily. Carried it to the finish line. But totally revolutionized the cho- the torch yep. and changed everything. Oh, 100%. So. No, they turned that torch into, into a, a flashlight. Torch. As, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. As, a British. As my fellow Brits. Oh, my say. God. <laughs> I've been to the UK. Yeah. I have. Yeah, no, I know you have. Hmm. We all know you have. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Guide to the Unknown. Thank you for hanging out with us, you guys. If you want to hang out with us a little bit more throughout the week, then you can find us on social media. We are at GTTU Pod everywhere. You can also follow or excuse me, join our Facebook group by going to Facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU Pod. You can also send at Chill and Kristen your best birthday wishes. <laughs> because if you're listening to this on Friday, it's actually her birthday right this second. So it if is. you didn't do it when I told you to at the beginning of the show, shame on you. <laughs> Get to it now. Thank you very much. Thank you in advance. Yeah, you can also hit up patreon.com yep. slash pod or just look up Guide to the Unknown in the Patreon app to give back yep. a little bit. 
Uh, go check out American Hysteria. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful show. Subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. Get links to everything on skylarkmedia.com. Yep. While you're there, click on Blackwood. Mm -hmm. Listen to all that show. The entire run is now complete. Yep. Uh, you can binge the entire thing. Um, and if you have any interest at all, you can talk to us online. I already gave yours away, but say it anyway. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted Sponge. And also send us your urban legends, um, oh, any of your man. favorite urban legends just for us to enjoy at gttupod at gmail.com. Oh, just send us scary stuff, you guys. Yeah. Just no, people have sent us some sweet, scary stuff. We still have stuff stocked up for a listener stories episode. We do. So we do maybe we could put in some urban legends there. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to do a, a cozy, scary story for the holiday season. Ooh, I like that idea. You know? Yeah. Maybe we should do that. Scary. Yeah. I like um, that. Yeah, they do. I, I've seen several articles around mm -hmm. uh, the internet where they talk about how there used to be a tradition of yeah. telling scary stories at Christmas. Let's embrace that this year. Let's embrace it. We have we have okay. listener scary stories. Yeah, that's perfect. That's what we're doing. Yeah, so if you want to send us any more of those, gttupod at gmail.com. Get it going. Mm -hmm. um, and once again, I do want to say, little brother, I'm all ears. Why won't you speak to me? Someday I'm going to tell everybody what that is about. I know. It's awesome. Well, you're going to have to kind of learn what it's about. Yeah, I don't really know what's <laughs> yeah, going yeah. on. But uh, yeah, no, send me more uh, weird emails. It was great. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. All Thank right, you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week when we sit down again to delve into the deep, dark world of scary stuff. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Back to the netherworld. Go we. <laughs> Goodbye. Play that backwards. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It's me saying I love Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.